Well, OU fans, if it makes you feel any better at all, um, you're not the only team to get beat by the bag in this recruiting cycle. <laughs> oh, Tyler. There was a shocker yesterday. Cut, cutting right to the chase today. Woo, there was a shocker yesterday. Cormani McLean, nah, he doesn't commit to Florida. He commits to Miami. Um, Florida was shocked. I think the entire recruiting world was shocked. Like, Tyler. Hayes Fawcett, who puts out these edits for these kids, he even put out, Cormani McLean's commitment to Miami has to be one of the biggest shockers in recruiting in a while. I'd go as far to say Travis, it's 1B to Travis Hunter's flip to Jackson State last uh-huh. year. It shocked everyone. Here's what I have been told, Tyler. And I, this is this is coming from one source. So look, my my sources down on South Beach are limited in terms of firsthand knowledge. They're expensive sources in South yeah, Beach. A, a, no joke. But from what I was told, Miami's staff didn't even know they were getting Cormani <laughs> McLean. Which what does that tell you? Well, it tells us. Uh, I think all we need to know about that, and I think it tells us too, man, that. Recruiting, like predicting recruiting or predicting where a kid's going to commit or sign, has never been an exact science. And it's even less so than exact science. It's even less so now, man. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be the most difficult time, you know, maybe that we've ever seen to know exactly how a decision is going to go down. Because an entire coaching staff might think for several months they're going to get this kid. And Florida thought, for several months, they were getting a top five player in Cormani McLean, and then they didn't even know they didn't even know anything. Miami staff apparently doesn't even know anything, and he commits to the Canes. It's, Man. it's wild, dude. So my colleague Gabby Arusha, who runs Inside the U on the twenty four seven Sports Network, is like the premier Miami football insider. I mean, nothing slips past this guy. Uh, I was actually really surprised when I surprised him. And let him know that, hey, Miami's looking at Malachi Coleman. Of course, that didn't last more than a few days. But that's about the only time I've ever told Gabby something he didn't already know. Um, <laughs> he tweets out five minutes after Cormani commits yesterday. Basically says, yeah, I had no idea this was happening. Nobody did. Complete shock. I mean, 24-7, Tyler, had a video up on yes. their YouTube channel. <laughs> a scheduled YouTube video. Breaking down Cormani McLean's commitment to Florida. I uh, love how there was cash in the uh, edit that was put out, by the way. Um, it's like they're not trying to hide it at all. The edit, like uh, for those of you that don't know, for him to announce that he's committed to Miami, yeah, there's like cash in the uh, graphic that was released. It's if wild, the man. fits. Yeah. So uh, it, it's situations like this. It's situations like the David Hicks commitment to A&M where now you kind of have to maybe, I don't know if you have to adjust, but if OU's in a legitimate recruiting battle for Miami, you might feel like you really know that the kid might sign or commit to OU, but it's now in the situation, Parker, where there's about three to five schools where you say, okay, if OU's in a recruiting battle with these schools, I can feel good about it, but I don't know for absolute certainty until the decision is actually made because – We've seen a couple times now where, allegedly, a crazy amount of cash is offered behind the scenes that nobody knows about, and that's what ends up winning out. I cannot fathom, and I mentioned this to you before the show, Tyler, I cannot fathom having to cover recruiting on the Miami beat or the Florida beat because, trust me, OU fans, you think you deal with headaches on the recruiting trail? There is 
No school. I no there are no two schools that deal with more headaches, more consistent and nagging recruiting headaches than Florida and Miami. And it is technically a rivalry. I think yeah. Florida and Miami claim each other as rivals. They don't play every single year. Florida plays Florida State every single year. Miami plays Florida State every single year. But Florida and Miami seem like they only play maybe a couple of times a decade. But uh, that rivalry, I'm sure, is uh, alive and well. I'm sure it's hot in the Sunshine State right I, now. I promise you two things will happen in the aftermath of this because Florida feels gypped, as they should, right? And... There's understandably been a lot of vitriol from the Gator contingent directed at John Ruiz in particular. I promise you two things will happen. One, Florida will go all out to try and close on Desmond Ricks. And two, Florida will go all out to try and flip Jaden Rashad. No, I'm sure. Those two things will happen. Um, We'll get back to this because I do think there's some interesting potential storylines here that could maybe affect OU. We'll see. We'll throw that out. But um, Parker was there last night. Jackson Arnold and Peyton Bowen. He saw both those two guys again. Guyer's ridiculous this year. Jackson Arnold's really, really good. Peyton Bowen's really, really good. And here's the thing about Peyton Bowen, man. It's hard to be the star of the show when you have a five-star quarterback on the roster that's throwing up silly numbers himself. But I think that Peyton Bowen... Really, especially the last couple of weeks when OU fans have really been paying attention to Guyer the most, like he's shown how legitimate of a prospect he is, Parker, because the storyline isn't just a five-star quarterback. It's, oh my God, Peyton Bowen's really good too. I'm not saying that he's outshined Jackson Arnold, but he's been really close, and it takes a special, special type of player to maybe outshine a a five-star quarterback commit on the field. That's how good Bowen is. Peyton Bowen is a type of talent where if he ends up in Norman, Oklahoma, I promise you he's going to play and play quite a bit from the get-go because you do not get many defensive back prospects, especially safety prospects, that have that kind of ability, that kind of versatility, that kind of fluidity. Everything he does, and I talked about it with Steely, everything he does just looks so easy, Tyler, like he's barely trying. Especially as a punt returner, man. Yeah. And, look, I take him alone just as the five-star safety. I mean, he is a great player in the back end of the defense, and he, and he feels like one of those guys, especially with this OU defense, and we've seen it so far this year, right? You need a dude in the back end of the defense. Yes, it's almost do. like the quarterback of those defensive backs. You know that he's got everything in order. He's going to make sure everyone's in the right place. He's not going to be responsible for a coverage bust. He's going to be – at the right spot. And I think Billy Bowman is going to emerge into that guy if he's not already. But I think Peyton Bowen can definitely uh, be that kind of mold of a player as well. But like, just just as a safety, he's great. But as a punt returner, y- you tell me that you might get that along with him? Dude, uh, he's, he's a special talent. And everyone was frigging out last night. I did not envy you whatsoever. He's wearing that Oregon headband. Uh, after his visit to Eugene last weekend, and everyone took that as some sort of a sign. My mentions were a war zone, Tyler. 
I don't know how I end up the target for so many fan bases, but all I did last night was tweet out a photo of Peyton Bowen in that Oregon eggshell headband. And all of a sudden, I had like four or five fan bases coming. There were Texas fans trolling. There were A&M fans trolling. There were Notre Dame fans pissed off about the fact that I said Peyton Bowen took an official visit to Eugene last weekend. Apparently, they all thought it was an unofficial I don't believe that. Well, what, um, he visited Eugene. He last visited weekend. Eugene last week. Of course, Oregon fans are all juiced, and then you got OU fans of all different emotions going to town and going to war with one another. In my mentions, this job is exhausting sometimes. Yeah, I'm sure it is. But the Oregon headband—it's uh, just—it's like an 18-year-old kid. He was just at Oregon. He kind of, you know, in a lot of ways, these kids wear the gloves and the headband, showing off of the visit. Like, it's kind of a status thing, right? Of showing off the place that they just visited officially or unofficially or whatever. It does not have to mean that Oregon all of a sudden is the front runner in this recruitment. No, and they're not. They're not. Peyton Bowen is not going to be an Oregon Duck. Let's just get that clear right now. He is no more going to be an Oregon Duck than he is going to be a Notre Dame fighting Irishman. Yeah, and then he he was great. Jackson Arnold was great again last night. I guess he had a rolled ankle, but he still throws up uh, really good numbers. Yeah, I was worried for a second. He was slow to get up. He was kind of hobbling off the field. I was like, oh, no, this is not good. But he went over, sat down, shook it off, walked it off, went right back out there the next drive and fired a touchdown pass. Clinical night for Jackson Arnold. Clinical night. And the funny thing is, so I'm I'm chatting chatting it up with him after the game, and – he came in for one final drive when Geyer led 42-21 to 21 late in the football game. And they had a fourth and nine play from about the 20-yard line. And Arnold threw a pass to the end zone. In, on the play, his receiver was very clearly interfered with. The flag was thrown, and then for whatever reason, the official picked up the flag. And I was kind of joshing with him after the game, and I was going, man, you had five touchdowns last week. You should have had six this week because – that call was kind of that was kind of a trash call, and Arnold goes, "Yeah, but I I didn't throw a good ball either. The way <laughs> I look at it, like I didn't earn that one, so I'll try and get six next week." Yeah, I, he he is just consistently in in high level Texas uh, high school football consistently every single week. Does he still only have one or two interceptions on the year? I need to look up what his current two numbers are. Yeah, I, I thought it was like one or two picks on the year. Yeah. That Geyer team is unbelievable. Um, he's got a four-star wide receiver that's a junior this year. He's got Landon Sides, who's a really good wide receiver as well. That guy or team's just loaded, man. I just And somebody brought it up earlier, whatever listener it was that for months and months was regularly texting in talking about how Jackson Arnold wasn't a five-star. Someone and was texting in and saying that? Yeah. I bet they don't how? text in anymore. I've, about that I've watched Jackson Arnold in person so many times. I watched him in the state championship last year, and let me tell you, he is no five-star. I don't know how anyone can watch Jackson Arnold like in any individual game that he's played this year and draw any other conclusion other than, yeah, this dude is one of the absolute best football players in the entire country regardless There's of There's no position. peaks and valleys and with in, his play so far no, this year. It's consistent in, across the board every single game. He's in total control, man. He's decisive. He's athletic. He's intelligent. He's aggressive. 
he can place the ball like a fiend, man. Like anywhere he wants to put the ball, he can put it. So how does uh, Peyton Bowen compare to Billy Bowman, says the text line. Seems like you guys are saying very similar things about him, as was said about Billy Bowman. Maybe he's bigger? They are very similar. Like, And we've talked about how many just bizarre parallels there are between Billy Bowman's recruitment and Peyton Bowen's recruitment. But, I mean, the parallels, especially when you factor in their play on the field, it's astonishing, man, because they're both obviously from Denton. They both have a girlfriend who's heavily influencing them to come to OU, <laughs> despite the fact that they've been committed to other schools for quite some time. And then you look at – I mean, their, their names are similar too, right? Bowen, Bowman. But then you watch them, and you do see a lot of Billy Bowman in the way that Peyton Bowen plays the plays the game. And Bowen – or I'm sorry, Bowman. See, I'm already getting, I'm already getting their names it's gonna be an in issue. my head. Yeah. yeah. But when Bowman was in high school – he honestly was a lot more of a contributor on the offensive side than he was the defensive side. He hadn't played a whole lot of safety up until this year. He played corner, and he obviously played nickel for Oklahoma last year, but he was doing a lot more as an offensive weapon at Ryan than he was on defense. Bowen has played almost exclusively defense this year. But, man, their fluidity, their agility in the open field, their hips – Especially like the way that they're able to pursue the ball when it's in the air and transition, like change change a direction as well. And then you just look at the way that they can break a game open in the return. Yeah, I, they're not they're not exactly the same player, but they're very very yeah. close. Uh, someone wanting to know what uh, Jackson Arnold's numbers were last night: uh, four touchdowns, three hundred twenty four yards in a forty two twenty one win. At McKinney. At McKinney. Hey, did you like that pool that I had on our uh, Twitter page about, I don't know, 45 minutes ago or so? I haven't seen it yet. What well, is well it? you just read it uh, to Steely 126 years ago today. Oh, that was a poll? Uh, no, a pool. Like a like a pool. Like, you know, I, I pulled that gotcha, 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 out of gotcha. memory. Yeah. Okay, or actually okay, out tracking. of a calendar that I keep with uh, such things so I can put it on our Twitter account. Very nice. Uh, OU won its first ever game in program history today, 126 years ago. 12 nothing over Norman High in Oklahoma City. A neutral site win for the Oklahoma Sooners over Norman High. And OU had no coach that year because former head coach John Hartz left to go prospecting for gold in the Arctic. So that shows you how much uh, times have changed in college football over 126 years. Like Coaches go prospecting for gold all the time, but the gold is found with the buyouts. Sometimes yeah. you have an $86 million buyout in year five during your tenure. Maybe if That's I where start, the gold's at now. Maybe if I start getting burned out, I'll just do that. You'll show up to the office one day, and I'll have left a note that says, Gone prospecting for gold in the Arctic. <laughs> yes, seriously. 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Yeah, we're going to cover a lot of recruiting today, but coming up next, we'll kind of share our feelings. Where are we at right now with this game tomorrow between OU and Iowa State? Send in your thoughts to the text line. More to come right here on The Ref.
Football Friday. We're inside the Brad O'Haver studio, locked in with McComas and Thune right here on The Ref, and they're listening to us all over the country via the Ref app. Amarillo, Texas is tuned in today. San Jose, California. Melrose, Iowa. Uh, not shockingly, we have several listeners today across the, uh, across the state of Iowa. Yeah, Scouting the opponent, Trying as Trying to were. get a little scuttlebutts on this Friday. Walton, Nebraska is tuned in. Hey, this is only for our listeners in Iowa. Dylan you suck. Ga- Dylan oh, Gabriel will not play tomorrow. <laughs> Walton, Nebraska is on the list today. Okay, just outside of Lincoln. Colorado Springs, the preferred January vacation spot of the McComases, is tuned in today. Miami, Florida, maybe Cormani McLean is listening on a yacht today <laughs> after, uh, you know, maybe everything he got from the Canes. And Marietta, Oklahoma is our small Oklahoma town of the day. Surely yeah, you know about Mar- Marietta, Oklahoma. Oh, yes, of you course. Passed through, you passed through there last night, actually. Yes, I did. Yes, I right did. Right there on the border. I passed the through of- there quite frequently. Not too far away from DW Adult Video. And uh, for those of you that hadn't heard about Marietta, you probably just said, oh, yeah, 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 Marietta. Okay, yeah, N- now I know where it's at. Ah, uh, man, I've felt nervous about this game all week long. Um, how could you not, I guess? Because, you know, I we, we can definitely, you know, feel about Iowa State's offense that they're not very good. But still, the question remains is what type of product are you going to get from this OU team tomorrow? And look, they won their last time out. I think that they were a little bit better than the final score indicated against Kansas. But it is still kind of a total guess, Parker, as to what this football team is going to look like tomorrow in Ames. Uh, So you said... I'd been nervous all week. Was there a butt coming, or was that just... No, I just, I've just i been nervous all week long. Okay, so you, you, I mean, you are but still I am picking this team to win 31-30, uh, but, yeah, I just... Yeah, I've been nervous all week. There goes Tyler pumping sunshine again. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, no, I'm with you. I like Oklahoma to win this game tomorrow. Steely and I actually had the exact same prediction. We found that out towards the end of the show. 30-27, to 27, uh, I'm taking OU over the Cyclones. And it's really, like, it comes down to who's going to blink first, because... And I, I mentioned this when we were on with T.J. Eckert a bit earlier on. You have strength on strength, and you have weakness on weakness. Because Iowa State's strength is their offense, and their weakness is their defense. Or I'm sorry, I have that backwards. Iowa State's strength is their defense, weakness is their offense. Oklahoma's weakness is their defense, but the strength is their offense. So, you get a high-octane offense going up against a stingy defense, and you get a very milk-toast offense going up against a defense that has had its share of struggles the last four weeks, to say the very least. So, it's... And I asked this question to TJ, and I would pose it to you as well, Tyler. Um, Do you think it's more important for Oklahoma to win the battle of strengths or win the battle of weaknesses? I think it's win the battle of strengths. I, I, I think this defense, OU's defense, can play well for stretches, but even against an Iowa State offense that's had a lot of difficulties this year, I still think that this is an OU defense where they can play well for three to four series. They're still going to give up big plays. Like Xavier Hutchinson is number one in the country in receptions per game. He's going to make some plays tomorrow. I mean, he just is. So I think OU, like, I don't think OU can win this game tomorrow if they don't win the matchup against Iowa State's defense. I I don't think OU can win this game tomorrow if the Iowa State defense holds OU to 10 points. So I would say, offensively, they don't necessarily have to score 45, but they've got to win that battle consistently. On the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 
One listener says, Iowa listeners are just trying to figure out your ETA so they can jump you for saying their state sucks. You did say that yesterday. Doug, I need an escort. You basically said it was the devil's playground, or at least the Iowa side of Omaha is. <laughs> I think you came closer to saying that than I did. I, yes, I, I did say I, it. I, I, you know. I will say that about Council Bluffs. Council Bluffs is the devil's playground. <laughs> now, I won't apply that to the entire rest of the state of Iowa because it's it, it's just a boring place. I don't know if I would call the rest of Iowa the devil's playground, but Council Bluffs, ugh. It's like a modern-day Nineveh. <laughs> nice. So 24-7 had a story, and it was, you know, college football playmakers who need to get the ball more. And they listed some players across the country that, hey, they're really good players, and they've shown this year that they're really good when they get the football, but why are their targets so low? they got to get the football more. Mario Williams of USC was listed as one of those players. Nobody from OU was included in that story. Would you include somebody in that story? Is there a guy on this offense that you're saying right now, hey, he's been really good. They need to find a way to get him the ball more. Uh, that's a good question. Like, here, Here's the thing. Honestly, the easiest answer is Marvin Mims. You can, you can say whatever touches Marvin Mims is getting aren't enough. Well, even because 16 can, against Kansas, like, yeah, I would like to see a couple more. A little yeah, bit more exactly. 16. So, I, I I don't think you can get Marvin Mims the ball enough. I really don't think you can. I, The guy that probably springs to mind is Jalil Farouk because he's had some good games. He's also had some games where he's been pretty invisible, at least in terms of the box score output. And I think he's well on his way to being wide receiver one in this offense if and when Mims makes yeah. the jump to the NFL at the end of the season. So that was my first thought is is, um, is Farouk. So yeah. I went back before the show and I said, well, okay, it feels that way. Let's see if the numbers hold up. He's got 16 catches this year. For reference, Marvin Mims has 32, which I have no issue with Marvin Mims having twice the number of catches that Jalil Farouk has. Marvin Mims is your best receiver that you have, and I don't really think anyone could argue that. But I do agree a little bit about Farouk because even in that Texas game, man, the few sparks, and I mean the few sparks you had offensively, a couple of those came when, when, with Jaleel Farouk in the open field. I just wonder if we see him in maybe more of a role tomorrow against this Iowa State defense where they throw some short stuff to him and try to get him out in the open field because he is – I think that that's where Farouk might be best as a receiver, is out in the open field. He's fast. I think he's got some, uh, as we like to say on the rush, a little wiggle in him. I think he can make some moves in the open field. I like him a lot, and I I, kind of feel like Mims is going to get his tomorrow. I kind of feel like Farouk's going to be your second-leading receiver tomorrow. Text line is popping off and saying Gavin Freeman. Hey, you remember when nobody in the entire FBS wanted Gavin Freeman? Uh, yeah, and Tech had him committed as a three-star, and did that new staff want to keep him? No, they moved on from him. If OU didn't offer Gavin Freeman a PWO, I don't know where he would have landed. Maybe back at freaking Air Force. Thank God it was at OU. Yeah, no Text joke, line's man. not what wrong, a, though. I what mean, a revelation he has been. Like, two of the best offensive plays that you've had this year in terms of highlight plays have come from Gavin Freeman. The yeah. last time this team – like, the only reason we're not talking about Gavin Freeman's play more that he had against Kansas is because of the C.J. Colden interception. If not yes. for the C.J. Colden interception, we'd still be saying, whoa, what a play by Gavin Freeman. 
That was full extension. What a catch. Yeah. It was also a phenomenal throw by Dylan Gabriel because he put that ball exactly where he needed to for Gavin Freeman to make a play on it. But um, uh, we have an update, by the way, uh, from Travis Davidson, who is posted up in Johnston, Iowa. Johnston, Iowa. John, I have no idea where that is. I have no idea. But where it, where it that is, is where Travis Davidson is in Johnston, Iowa. Apparently, Doug is already there with him. So, Travis, Doug, you're my escort tomorrow morning. I'm going to need a security detail. Yeah, so the plan today is Travis is going to hop on with me for the first I don't hour and a half of the show, I think, whenever Teddy arrives at his hotel room. There is no telling when that might be. It could be 4.30. It could be 5.30. It could be 5.55 when he opts on the show today. I don't know. But Travis is up there in Iowa, and I appreciate him uh, helping out today. Uh, Johnston is Des Moines? Okay, then just say Des Moines, Travis. Just say Des Moines. Uh, Agree, Jalil Farouk is second only to Eric Gray in space. Uh, Yeah, I may not have a huge issue with that, actually. I'd still I'd, I'd give the edge to Mims over Farouk. But. The, Theo Wees is listed on here. Theo Wees actually has more yards than Jaleel Farouk has, which really surprised me last week. Yeah. Well, I guess Theo Wees did have that 56-yard touchdown. He's got one less Kansas catch State. than Jaleel Farouk, and I'm going to guess Farouk probably has more overall touches, I, I would guess. Yeah, he's had um, quite a few carries. Yeah, yeah. But um, Theo Wees has been... You know, he just he didn't play in the Texas game, and everyone was wondering what his status was. Then he catches a touchdown in the Kansas game, and you say, oh, okay, all right, I guess he's back in the offense again. Let me give you a player comp one to two years down the road. You tell me how fair it is, and it's going to be high praise. Gavin Freeman, come 2024, let's say, is OU's – Newest iteration of Tavon Austin. Oh my gosh. Um, is Gavin Freeman that fast? Tavon Austin fast? I well, first off, I will take that. I mean, yes, let's go. And I am a big Gavin Freeman fan, but I feel like Tavon Austin has a gear that Gavin Freeman uh does yeah, not. And that's and that's fair. I guess I'm thinking more in terms of usage than anything else. Like Tavon Austin, when he was at West Virginia, was just one of those guys where you got the ball in his hands, right? It didn't matter how. As far as, um, I guess as far as, in terms of how he fits in the offense, I think that he's, I see some parallels there between Freeman and Austin just in terms of uh, Freeman having the ability to um, do a little bit of everything in a certain sense. If you can hear me, our headphones in studio are completely out. <laughs> I know you were talking about uh, Tavon Austin there. Okay, there we go. We are back now. I don't know if uh, something was pressed there. Um, you, you said that Tavon was bizarre. Austin. Sorry, I couldn't I even hear, hear myself. Last... I got completely jumbled there because I don't, I don't really know what happened, but... Completely lost the feed in my headphones for a second, so I was trying to. Like, well, I lost it for finish. forty-five seconds while you were talking. I was trying to like finish my thought, or like r- rather reform the thought that was in my head because I promise it was going somewhere. It probably didn't sound like it to anybody in the moment. Basically, what I was trying to say is, I see a role for Gavin Freeman in OU's offense that's comparable to what Tavon Austin was doing at West Virginia, where where you get a few carries, you get a few catches, you design some plays that are specifically designed to get Gavin Freeman in open space 
and then you just let the guy cook in the open field. Uh, I think a lot's going to have to happen for that, especially to get him carries, but I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of him. I just uh, – Tavon Austin. Man, that's like a top 15 pick in the NFL draft when coming out of West Virginia. 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Uh, more on this game tomorrow. More OU football recruiting on the other side. Keep it locked on the ref. Oh, this will be Parker here in about 30 minutes in the White Buffalo. Life in the fast lane, straight up to Kansas City. I'm already pre-gaming this drive, Tyler. (laughs) Is that chocolate milk that I see? Chocolate milk. Nice. He'll be seeing Caden Green tonight in the Kansas City area, which he's one of – is he like the fifth highest-ranked commit that OU has? I lose track at this point. Yeah. They all flip-flop so frequently when the rankings change because they're so tightly packed with one another towards the top. Uh. I'm pretty sure it's among offensive commits, it's JFA, it's Jaquay's Petaway, and then it's Caden Green. Yeah, offensive tackle. And we've had several conversations on this show about guys that you might be worried about after that tough three-game stretch uh, of decommitting, and Caden Green's name has not been mentioned one time in that in that no. entire uh, time period. No, I – Obviously, Caden's one of the guys in this class that I'm particularly tight with, and so we'll we'll talk quite frequently. And we were on the phone Monday evening. I might have told you this already, either you or Steely, but apparently amidst Oklahoma's losing skid, the Michigan staff started to hit up Caden again. Really? And okay. Caden was just like, yeah, I'm done. Huh. Interesting. All right. Well, apparently who else is done? Did I hear that right from Brandon Drum with Colton Vosick down in Austin? Is he not doing any more interviews? Is that who he was talking about? Uh, as far yeah, as far as like the media coverage and yeah. interviews, yeah, Colton Vosick is going dark. Wow. So as if there already wasn't enough mystery shrouding that situation. That, does that tell you anything? Whatsoever, was, other than he's like tired of getting the same question every single well, day. Well, exactly. But here's the thing. Here's the thing, Tyler. We talk about how we field the same questions every single day. Imagine being that kid. Yeah. I get it. Like, I don't love it, but I get it. Or uh, being his dad, right, that's a, a former Longhorn and how many questions that he's getting all the time. So, yeah, I guess Colton Vosick is – he's going to art. No more interviews. Spreading drums saying, like, I'll, I'll go see him play, but I know that I'm probably not going to get an interview. He also said something very interesting regarding uh, five-star David Hicks, current A&M commitment. He talks to his dad on the reg, and I don't know how big of a surprise this is, but it's interesting nonetheless that it sounds like, yeah, that family is watching very closely what uh, has happened at A&M and what will continue to happen to A&M down the rest of the stretch of the season. So if you needed any other reason to root against Texas A&M this weekend or for the rest of the year, it sounds like the the Hicks family, they're really monitoring what's going on in leave it, Leave it to Tyler McComas to give Sooner Nation yet another reason to root against Texas A&M. Yep, you're welcome. Uh, I've got about 15 more that I can throw out if anyone's interested, trust me. No, so there's kind of the latest with David Hicks. There's the latest with Colton Vosick. Nothing new with Anthony Evans, and nothing really new with Caden McDonald, who is going to commit on Monday. 
Uh, is it Clemson? Is it OU? Is it Ohio State who's gotten in this thing late? Maybe we'll have a better feeling about this on Monday, but it's it's still kind of a mystery right now. If if you put a gun to my head right now, I tell you what, and o- only if you put a gun to my head, they would do that in Council Bluffs, by the way. Yeah, uh-huh, I'm sure they would. If you put a gun to my head right now, I would say Caden McDonald's a Sooner on Monday. Really? Yes. Whoa! Hold the phone. Whoa! Friday surprise. Are you like you? Are you going to put in a crystal ball? For no, it? no. Or listen, is it just listen. like a prediction? I, like I, I guess. said, only if you put a gun to my head. Okay. But if if it's like a life or death, I have to make a prediction. I'd roll with OU right now for Caden McDonald. Dang. Okay. Well, the what, Godfather feels good about it. What uh, as he takes another sip of his uh, chocolate milk here in studio. Uh, what has changed here over the past week for that to be the case? Well, I don't know if anything's changed substantially, and that's kind of start. That's that's kind of why I feel good about it at this point as we head into the weekend because there's been some Ohio State buzz, sure, but there hasn't really been enough where I feel like there's a school right now with a better shot than Oklahoma, and so I would say the margin's slim. In my eyes, but I think OU has the best odds as of right now. And obviously that's very subject to change over the next three days. I'm not saying that how I feel right now is going to be indicative of how I feel when we're on air Monday. But if you put a gun to my head right now today and told me to pick where Caden McDonald chooses on Monday, I would lean wow. towards Oklahoma. Crazy. I it, it, It's basically a crystal ball for me. <laughs> I'm just going to count it as a crystal ball. Trust in Parker's balls. Hopefully that happens on Monday. How does that, if at all, affect the David Hicks recruitment if they get Caden McDonald on uh, Monday? Does it affect it whatsoever, or you'll just take two legitimate inside guys yeah, and uh, roll, roll on? DJ Hicks is one of those players that you will make a spot for. Even if there isn't one, you will absolutely, beyond a shadow of a doubt, 1,000% make room for DJ Hicks to be a member of your class. So, if that's on the table a month or two down the road, OU will finagle the numbers in such a way as to ensure that DJ Hicks has Oh, you make it work with uh, yes. a five-star defensive lineman to the caliber of David Hicks. If you put yourself in that situation, like every time I feel like maybe we're getting like too ahead of ourselves, got to like rein it back in. Like he's still committed to A&M. We still don't know if he's going to make that Bedlam visit coming up in November just but just as a precautionary, like we're just saying what might happen moving forward if OU really gets back in this thing. Somebody on the text line said, okay, but what if Ryan Day is the one holding the gun, Parker? I could see Ryan Day holding a gun. His rosy red he, – he looks like he's always sweating, Ryan Day. Yes. He probably is. Probably is always sweating. Uh, somebody else said, Parker, this can dramatically help your recruiting prediction credit ranking with Sooner Nation. Hope you're right. Listen, I'm not making a prediction. That was not a prediction. That's just me telling you, I think OU has the best odds as things stand right now. And again, it's very subject to change. 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Travis Davidson is up in the state of Iowa. We'll catch up with him next. Keep it locked right here on The Ref.
Final segment of Locked In with McComas and Thune. Travis Davidson joins us this segment. Uh, A reminder, though, we do have high school football on the ref tonight. Several games across the board. Go check that out. uh, KREFsports.tv. That's KREFsports.tv. You can get that on your smartphone, on your iPad, on your computer, your smart TV. KREFsports.tv. And we actually had a game last night. We had Bigsby and Moore from Moore Stadium. Kale Fugate, if I'm uh, pronouncing that correctly, had four interceptions in the first half last night for the Bixby Spartans. So, congratulations to you, Kale. Hey, that what was a day. that was four an every week occurrence for Travis Davidson back in his days <laughs> as a Union Redskin. Right? Uh, some misinformation being spread there. It would seem. I think that's going to get flagged. How is uh, Iowa? Yeah, Have you been uh, around the locals long enough to get a feel on what they think about tomorrow, or no? Well, um, there was an Iowa fan that popped over, so uh, I think he was a bit biased. His in-laws are big Sooner fans, though, so as we pulled up, he he got a good uh, Boomer Sooner video of us. So, um, yeah, I mean, the only locals I've ran into are OU fans or uh, Iowa fans, so not a lot of Iowa State um, opinions that I've been able to gather yet. Hey, is there – is there are there casting calls taking place for the position of Iowa offensive coordinator up there yet? <laughs> Probably. I think they just. I, I see a big wheel on the wall. I think they just spin it, and whoever it lands on gets to be offensive coordinator. Or gets to call the next play, probably, is uh, how it's operating up there. I don't know. Hey, I, I'm sure there's a lot of desperation from Iowa State fans right now because they've been so close this year from finally – like they finally beat Iowa for the first time in a long time. And they probably had to be feeling at that point like, we finally beat Iowa. And I think they beat them in Iowa City. Like, all right, maybe we're going to surprise some people in the conference and – yeah, Parker, it hasn't worked you out You know what my way. favorite fact about Iowa football in the year of our Lord 2022 is? If they had merely scored 14 points in every game thus far, they'd be 5-2 and two oh my with gosh. losses only to Michigan and Iowa State. Jeez. However, they have not scored 14 points in every game to this point. Thus, they are 3-4. and four. So the two teams in the state of Iowa actually mirror each other. I'm going to guess that Iowa's the worst offense in the Big Ten. Um, obviously, Iowa State is the worst offense in the Big 12. Iowa State it has the best defense in the Big 12 statistically, and Iowa might have the best. Well, they gave up a lot of points last week to Ohio State, but they may be ranked pretty high in terms of best defense. Tyler, in that would, like, would Iowa be elite if they had any semblance of a functioning offense? With because that schedule? I'm hesitant maybe. to even draw parallels between Iowa State's offense and Iowa's offense because I don't know if you can call what Iowa is doing offense. I don't know what they're trying to do, man. Like throwing. You can call it offensive. Yeah. I can call it nepotism because that's what it is. <laughs> hey, don't tell Kirk Ferentz that. He's going to get really mad at you and have to uh, apologize to you a uh, a few days later. Hey, Travis, that was a massive. Uh, that was massive recruiting news last night and a massive surprise. Cormani McLean going to Miami. The Canes now jump Florida for the eighth ranked recruiting class. Everyone, including the Gators staff and maybe even the Miami staff, thought he was committing to uh, to Florida, and that didn't happen last night, man. It might be the biggest surprise we've seen in this cycle. Yeah, I got a I got a text to start the day yesterday from uh, one of my Florida buddies uh, that I met up at the College World Series, and he wished me a a happy Cormani McLean Day. For oh all no, those who celebrate! Um, yeah, he was. I mean, he he texted me before and was like, "Man, it feels." 
it feels so good to get the number one player in the country. Just know he's coming to our school, uh, you know, in, in a couple – I said, he's not the number one player in the country. He goes, well, if his last name were Manning, it would be. Oh, so, uh, we, we, which is wrong. true. It's not wrong. Which is fair. I was like taking – I was like taking jabs at Arch, but yeah, it was it was shocking. But you know, it's it's the days of NIL. You're never out of the weeds until you're until you're you know got the name on the line. On the Air Comfort Solutions text line, one listener says Parker should not be held accountable for anything he says while pre-gaming with the chocolate milk. Amen. I think you drank that entire chocolate milk during the segment last. Unashamedly last under the influence of chocolate milk at the moment, the filter is officially off. Um, someone's also saying that it's pronounced Fugates, at least they believe. So, Kale Fugate, four interceptions last night in the first half against Moore. Uh, very, very nice. Yeah, I think he had another couple touchdowns. I think he returned a couple of them for touchdowns. And because I got a, uh, I got a message from one of our loyal listeners and was like, hey, you know, do you think he could play at OU? I was like, hey, preferred walk on, perhaps. I think he's OSU bound, though. Um, I, I have a question with this whole Cormani McLean thing and Miami being all in on NIL, Florida being all in on NIL. Parker, does this make you any sort of nervous whatsoever about the current commits that OU has in this class that hail from the state of Florida? Mainly, I'm talking about a Derek LeBlanc. Well, I, no, because I think Derek LeBlanc. I, who else is from the state of Florida in this class? For Lewis Carter. Lewis Carter. I guess Phil Pichotti, technically, but he's a Pennsylvania kid. So, no, you don't really McCarty worry Vickers. about. Uh, how could I forget McCarry Vickers? That dude is a baller. Uh, Vickers comes from a family, and I, I, I got real close with him over the course of his recruitment. He's not a guy. Uh, that's going to jump at the opportunity to take a bag. So, no, I don't worry about that with him. I don't worry about that with Lewis Carter. His relationship with Brent Venables is just so rock solid. And then with Derek LeBlanc, man, how can you doubt that that dude's going to sign with Oklahoma with how adamantly pro very outspoken about him it. and his dad have been on social media and elsewhere over the last couple of months, even amidst the whole DJ Hicks debacle. And LeBlanc and Hicks are close, keep in mind. Those two are very good friends. LeBlanc, the message from both Derek and Ricardo remained consistent. Look, OU's the place. We're all in with OU. Nothing's going to change that. So you're leaving us with a 30-27 to 27 final score prediction for tomorrow, Yes, correct? I am. Well, is it going to be as close as it sounds? Sounds like, uh, like what's the 30-27 going to look like? Is, you'll, you'll be sweating a little bit. Is OU going to hit a uh, game-winning field goal at the buzzer? Like Burkich did last year against Ten West field Virginia? field goals to nine field goals. It could be, Travis. <laughs> yes. Every single drive of the entire game. Are you allowed to score touchdowns in the state goal. of Iowa? I'm not sure you're allowed to score touchdowns in the state of Iowa. That's why I assumed it was ten field goals to nine field goals. I don't know. I think it's going to be a close game as well. Parker's got 30-27. I've got 31-30. We'll figure out uh, Travis's final score in the next hour and a half or so. That'll do it for Parker. Safe travels up to Ames, really to Kansas City tonight, I guess. Keep it locked on the ref. The Rush coming up next.